Hi everyone, this is Criterion Channel Surfing and I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Just a quick note before we begin today's show. As I mentioned last month, this episode will have a slightly different format than normal. We have on a few guests for an informal conversation about the month's new and expiring titles, and we're going to be releasing the episode fairly soon after recording so that I can take some time off during the second half of the month from both my day job and the podcast. The episode is lightly edited and taken from our Skype call, so the recording quality isn't quite as high as I'd normally like. And once again, I do want to give a quick mention to the Cinema Cocktail Virtual Film Festival, which is going to be running from May 15th to the 31st. We'll be using services like the Criterion Channel, Ovid, Mubi, Shutter, Hulu, Netflix, and more, along with the occasional on-demand title. For anyone who wants to join me, the full schedule is now up at my website, cinemacocktail.com, along with links to where you can screen each of the films and find information about some of the social events and other fun things like filmmaker conversations. Uh, you can find out more about that at cinema cocktail.com. Once again, thanks for listening. And now here's the show. You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, the Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Brad McDermott and Michael Hutchins join me today to discuss May's new releases and expiring titles. Stay with us as we start surfing the Criterion Channel. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, make sure to check out the Magic Lantern Podcast, hosted by Erica Long and Cole Rulane, exploring the films we love and the things we love about them. The Magic Lantern is a film podcast hosted by Erica Long and Cole Rulane devoted to sharing their enduring cinematic memories. Join them for an ongoing, informal discussion of the classic and contemporary films they love and the things they love about them. If you've been looking for a podcast to explore old and new favorites with fellow film lovers, you've come to the right place. New episodes every other Monday. Find out more at magiclanternpodcast.com. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. Welcome to Criterion Channel Surfing. So this is a slightly different format than we normally do for our episodes. Today, and uh, for the month of May, we're just going to do a group episode where we're going to talk about the new and expiring titles for the month of May. And I am joined today by two friends and two voices who are familiar to anyone who listens to episodes on Criterion Cast, uh, whether it's Criterion Reflections or Criterion Now. I am joined by our frequent friend and contributor, Michael Hutchins. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Josh. Good to be here. It's great to have you on an episode where you get to talk about the titles. This is going to be a lot oh, of yes. fun. And uh, making his debut on the Criterion Channel Surfing podcast, we have Brad McDermott all 
all the way from Canada. Uh, <laughs> you are um, braving the border crossings and coming at us internationally today. Uh, welcome, Brad, for w- to the episode. It was dicey there for a bit, Josh, but I'm, I'm glad I made it. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, today we're going to dig into the uh, the new and expiring titles. Uh, this is just going to be a, a an episode where we talk about our recommendations, maybe some some of the titles that we're excited to catch. This is a, a way for us to still cover the new things that are coming out this month and also give me a chance to uh, take a vacation uh, from work and from the podcast as well. But to start with, Brad, you know, this is your first episode. So I'm curious, you know, what are some of your thoughts on the channel? You're our first guest from Canada. uh, So you have a slightly different experience with the channel than the rest of us do. I know you get a few uh, titles don't quite make it there because of uh, geo-blocking and rights restrictions but what are your thoughts on the channel so far um yeah i i'm a chartered subscriber uh so i i have the little middle card and everything um but i i love it, it there's not, been nothing sort of like it in since the streaming world came that's what's been so great is like i've always been frustrated because uh the movies that i i want to see that i'm interested in that i hear talked about are never the ones that are carried by the sort of bigger names, whether, you know, Netflix or, I mean, iTunes has some, but not all, definitely not all. And so when I I was aware of Filmstruck from, you know, you guys primarily, but that never came to Canada. And then it came and went. And, you know, I, I was hearing about how sad you all were, but it just seemed like this wonderful thing that I was never able to have access to. And, you know, I was still buying Blu-rays in order to actually see these movies. Some of them I had seen a long time ago, like in the VHS days from the library. But like, some, you know, if a title comes out that I, you know, I've always heard about and never had a chance to see unless I, you know, throw down... Uh, it would be 39 bucks here in Canada for, you know, a Criterion Blu-ray, then, you know, that's the only way to see it. So this is, it's really nice because it's sort of a try before you buy. Um, and it also, uh, it not only just the Criterion Collection, which is great to have like access to, but all of these uh, deals that they're getting with different distributors, Arbalus, Kino, Grasshopper, all these different ones that I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch. So you can see all of their releases too, which is awesome. So it's just, I think this is a bold uh, step forward in keeping these films sort of alive and existing in the, uh, the streaming world. It is frustrating um, when when they do list titles that we don't have access to in Canada. Um, it's always very curious what they are, too, because sometimes they are Canadian films. I remember yeah. a bunch of Cronenberg films were part of it, and they were blocked. And I think that has to do, like, I mean, of course, it has to do something with licenses between the the two countries. Sometimes Criterion releases, like, on Blu-ray will have a different price point. Like, it'll be more expensive to buy them from Canadian retailers because of that. I remember, like, Time Bandits was super expensive if you wanted to go to the store and buy it. And I think that has to, something to do with, like, import costs because, I don't know, I don't know what it is. But, yeah. You do get differences between um, the two countries because of, like, licenses and stuff. So it can be kind of irritating. Yeah, yeah. 
so before we really dive into the new and expiring titles, we, over the last couple of months, have had a few films that have been disappearing and have been appearing that have not been part of any formal announcements. Michael, you've been keeping up with a lot of this. Would you mind just kind of going over really quickly kind of what films have left the channel that weren't previously announced that have magically disappeared and uh, what films have suddenly made their debut on the channel without any fanfare? Oh, sure. I can do that. I, uh, I'm sure most of you remember back in January, we had uh, more than 30 films disappear at the end of the month without any announcement. And so that was a big shocker because we've never experienced anything like that. And so I have been keeping track of it over the last couple of months. And there's been very few relatively uh, relative to that month. You know, that was just uh, so anomalous. But uh, so far, I've discovered there's seven films that disappeared unannounced. A couple of them in February was uh, Blue is the Warmest Color and Terms of Endearment. They both left without an announcement. And then in March, we had five more. Two of them were Terry Zweigoff films, Crumb and Louie Bluey, and mm-hmm. Errol Morris's uh, documentary Tabloid. And then two films by Jacques Tourneur, uh, Out of the Past and Stars in My Crown. Now, some people are telling me those were on the Leaving Soon page. But, you know, I, I check that quite often, you know, at least, of yeah. course, on the first of the month and also every few days or so during the month in case they add one or two which they have. But in this case, those titles I never saw ever listed. And our friend at the Criterion Channel Club on Facebook, Chris Topher, he uh, makes a list also on his uh, letterbox page of leaving titles. And he and I discussed it. And uh, none of these films showed up on the list as far as we were concerned on the announcement, announcement list. There are out there, but very few relatively. So far, there's only been one film that has appeared without an announcement that I can that I'm aware of, and these these are harder to kind of keep track of because you you really have to keep an eye on just almost everything at, at once it seems. Yeah. But uh, Alison Anders' film from 2001, Things Behind the Sun, popped up whenever I was doing a check at the end of April, mm. and I discovered that it was probably uploaded sometime in February with the other bundle that that came under her under her name yeah and so uh that was just a surprise to me and i'm and i was also more surprised that it did not leave at the end of april with the other films that was in the bundle it's still on there so obviously they they knew that perhaps that they uploaded it late and are giving it another month or so before they take it off so check it out it's uh i saw it and it's a very powerful film probably one of my favorite allison andrews films so yeah check it out Thanks for that. That's really helpful to give us just a a little uh, cleanup for the films yeah. that we we haven't had a chance to mention on the show here. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's just talk a little bit about what has premiered on the channel this month. I mean, uh, you know, I I've been deep in the midst of uh, work and also you know trying to get all of my my film festival stuff planned for my vacation this month. So I didn't do a whole lot of digging into the titles until uh, just this week as I was prepping for the episode. And I was a little overwhelmed by, again, all of the really incredible films that we're seeing here. I oh, mean, yes. this An is amazing this number is, this this month. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty incredible. Agreed. 
what's some of your first thoughts here? Of, of course, the, the bundle of on women filmmakers and women's stories, that's, that's got to be the highlight of the month. Yeah. Uh, it's called Tell Me, and it's a series of about 25 films, I believe, some short, you know, some feature length. And most of them I've never even heard of, much less have seen. Uh, there's there's a few filmmakers in there that we that I'm familiar with. That that would be uh, Chantal Ackerman and yeah. uh, a few others. But other than that, uh, this this seems like something that that's really important, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, Brad, do you have any uh, any thoughts as you just look over the incredible deluge of films <laughs> that are coming to us this month? Um, it is, it's, it's kind of staggering and overwhelming. There are, um, little highlights from some of the collections here and there that I have seen that I'm really happy are coming up. I mean, I echo your sentiments about the, uh, tell me women's filmmakers, women's stories selection. It's always great to, um, like highlight those films. I don't know where to start. Uh, um, like there's bits in the soul bass. I, I'm I'm happy that the big knife is coming up. I really love the big knife, even though it's a very like filmed play thing. But uh, it is uh, Robert Aldrich, just another great spit in the eye from Robert Aldrich that I absolutely <laughs> love. And it's just nasty. And it's so much fun. What else here? Um, Milos Forman's The Fireman's Ball, which I haven't seen in a long time. Oh, Toby Dammit. That was a great discovery I made recently. Um, I've always heard about Fellini's little short film and people go rave about it, but it's been really impossible, I mean, to see, except for probably on back channels or something. But um, it's great to uh, have this like available and accessible to everybody because it's, it's a trippy little short film that you will not forget. Jack Rivette, always fantastic. And uh, there's some stuff here that like everyone's always loved the Jackie Chan movies. And I have never, that's not a, a, every, anything I've been experience, uh, exposed to. So like, here you go. I get to try them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I also, I love the fact that what Criterion will do is highlight films that are maybe on the channel already or things that are part of the permanent collection and they'll give them higher prominence in these bundles as well whether it's the documentaries of louis mal you know uh, kind of really shining a spotlight on that this month mm -hmm. or pulling some films that are maybe would be more obscure in the back channel by highlighting them in their Palme d'Or winners or uh, pulling things out for other collections and to me, this is just, this is one of the, the real incredible things about the service is that they have this incredible bench of films that they can pull from. And then when you add to it all of the really great uh, limited engagements that they're bringing in every month, I mean, we have this robust service that, you know, we've talked about for several months now. There's just no way that we're going to ever be able to catch up with everything that's that's coming now i think that this is just this is overwhelming in the best possible sense i know that there's always something more that i can experience here whether it's the jackie chan films whether it's the the exclusive streaming premiere of kane river whether it's the rivette films i mean we are this is a utopia for cinephiles right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> very much so uh, this is the month i think that will break me 
when I look back on it. I, I, I'm pretty much caught up through February, and I've got a few titles left for March. But, you know, 100 films, and I've only seen about 20 of them, that that is an overwhelming majority. Usually I've seen more than 80%. Now it's just reversed. I've only saw about 20% of these films. So this this may be the, the, the breaking month. <laughs> and, and the two of those revets, like Celine and Julie Gobodin is over three hours long. Oh, Rebel and these woos is like four hours long. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome, Michael. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Well, yes. Well, let me uh, just kind of give the the quick rundown of the titles and then we'll get into our specific recommendations and maybe some things that we're excited to see as well. Uh, So to start off with, we have Saul Bass turns 100 with the big knife, the man with the golden arm around the world in 80 days and so much more. Uh, we have the documentaries of Louis Malle with Vive la Tour, Phantom India, Calcutta, Humane Trop Humane, and again, quite a bit more. We have Cannes 68, Cinnamon Revolt with The Fireman's Ball, Peppermint Frappe, Capricious Summer, Coroneco, A Report on the Party and Guests, and Toby Dammit. We have a documentary, uh, Lang Lois. We have Palm d'Or winners. Featuring Brief Encounter, Rome, Open City, Miss Julie, Gate of Hell, The Wages of Fear. And it goes all the way up to Uncle Bunmi, who can recall his past lives, and Dupan. We have three by Sai Ming Lian, Rebels of the Neon God, The Wayward Cloud, and Stray Dogs. We have short films by the Brothers Quay, with the cabinet of Jan Svankmeer. The Unnameable Little Broom, Street of Crocodiles, Rehearsals for Extinct Anatomies, and again, a lot more there. We have a set of films written by Francis Marion, Stella Dallas from 25, The Scarlet Letter, The Winning of Barbara Worth, and it also includes a documentary without lying down, Francis Marion and the Power of Women in Hollywood. We have three by Diane Cruz with Peppermint Soda, Entre Nous, and Children of the Century. We have that bundle, Tell Me, Women Filmmakers, Women's Stories, featuring just a few of the films here, uh, Growing Up Female, Janie's Janie, Betty Tells Her Story, It Happens to Us, Joyce at 34, Yudi, Chris and Bernie, Inside Women Inside, Soft Fiction, and again, a whole lot more there. We have three by Nicole Holofsener, with Lovely and Amazing, Friends with Money, and Please Give. Three by Jacques Rivette, Paris Belongs to Us, Celine and Julie Go Boating, and La Belle Noise. Starring Jackie Chan, Half a Loaf of Kung Fu, Spiritual Kung Fu, The Fearless Hyena, and more. We have the streaming premiere of Cane River. We have Down in the Delta. We have Eliza Hickman's It Felt Like Love, plus her short films Second Cousins Once Removed and Forever's Gonna Start Tonight. We have the Saturday matinee Around the World in 80 Days, Good Morning, The Boy with the Green Hair, Black Beauty, and The Little Fugitive. We have double features of The Limey and Mulholland Drive, two different versions of Stella Dallas, The Harder They Fall and Raging Bull, Losing Ground and The Scar of Shame, and The Kid and Sidewalk Stories. Our shorts plus features are Washingtonia and Dogtooth. Tremors and the Fits, uh, Angst ist die Luft, and Ali Fear Eats the Soul, and The Field and the Cloud Capped Star. 
We have Josh and Benny Safdie's Adventures in Movie Going, which features The Naked City, In a Lonely Place, Camera Buff, Gloria, Bless Their Little Hearts, Meantime, Close Up, The Hero, and The Mirror. And then Criterion Editions, we have Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion, Age of Innocence, and Le Havre. We have a addition to the starring Gary Cooper bundle with Sergeant York. And then we have a few additions to the permanent collection that were added. We have The World, In a Year of Thirteen Moons, The Third Generation, and Martha. So, I mean, in addition to all of the bundles, you know, any any month that we get additions to the permanent collection, we've got three new Fassbender films here. Uh, I mean, this is this is an incredible an incredible month here. Also, another film by Jia Zhang K. Uh, un- unknown pleasures. Unknown pleasures. Yes. Thank that's, you that's, for catching that's that. That's another one. Yeah. I mean, this is just this is this is an incredible month, right? Oh yes. Agreed. No doubt. But I say that every month, so I, <laughs> I just have to to you know know that this is what to expect yeah. from from. It's them. always an embarrassment of riches every yeah. month. So yeah. <laughs> will uh, will we ever get to a to a month where we say, well, that was okay. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's just start off here. Brad, what are a couple films that you would recommend people check out this month? Um, well, I have always been a huge fan of the Brothers Quay, um, and I'm really thrilled that a lot of their films are coming to the channel because they, they feel like they're very different than anything else that I think has come to the channel and anything that it's on the channel presently. For those who don't know, um, the brothers Quay, I think it's Timothy and Stephen, are identical twin brothers from England. And um, they were heavily uh, influenced by um, Eastern European folklore. And um, they are animators and they primarily do stop motion animation. And all of their films are are strange uh, Eastern European influenced stop motion uh, pieces um, with very like creepy, precious, almost twee characters in sort of Rube Goldberg esque machineries doing things, and um, then and covered with like dirt and filth, and and they're just <laughs> bizarre. And so I, I mean, I, that's sort of my wheelhouse. I love surrealism and I love uh, fantastical cinema and I love animation, especially stop motion. Cause it, I mean, it's such a meticulous thing to do. And when it's, when it's done for the purposes of something that's less, something that's more ambiguous, more, you know, it's up to you what you want to take away from it. Um, I'm just sort of thrilled. So uh, there are just like maybe 20 minutes each. There's uh, the cabinet of of Jan Svankmajer. Um, um, there's their one on on the story of Gilgamesh, something of brooms. I can never remember. But um, their masterpiece is uh, Street of Crocodiles. Yes. Um, so if you're looking for a, a good place to start, um, absolutely start there. Um, and if you miss it all, if it disappears and you don't catch it, there is a great Blu-ray by Zeitgeist out there as well that you can you can pick up. So that's the one I'm uh, that's one I'm looking forward to. Uh, the other one is uh, Jacques Rivette's La Belle Nizoise. I think that's how you pronounce it. I can never, I don't know how to pronounce that last word. <laughs> um, but it is, um, it's a long film. It's four hours. And I think he made it in the 90s. But it's 
but Jacques Rivette is one of the pillars of the French New Wave. And um, this is a great film that examines the relationship between artists and muses and the uh, process of creating the masterpiece, uh, which is the name of the painting is the name of the movie itself. And you're kind of watching both a painting and a movie being made and at the, at the sort of the same moment, Jacques Rivette is sort of orchestrating the film as if he as if mirroring the 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 painter at the heart of the story and his attempts to create this sort of elusive masterpiece that he's been struggling to to make his whole career. So, um, yeah, it's a long sit, but it's uh, for me, it was hugely rewarding. So, um, mm. so, yeah, those are those are the highlights from the ones, you know, that I've seen this month. And I'm looking forward to exploring new stuff that I had no, no idea about until like the first of the month. So, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything in particular that you're excited to catch that you haven't seen? Celine and Julie go boating that I know of. I mean, there's a lot of filmmakers here there and a lot of films here that I've never heard of before. But um, I've always heard of Celine and Julie go boating and I've never had the a chance. I don't think there's been a chance available in North America for any of us to see it. Um, yeah. So I'm just thrilled that that it's there. Um, and I recently watched Desperately Seeking Susan, my partner and I, when it was on the channel like three or four months ago. And that film is heavily influenced by Celine and Julie Go Boating. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Michael, what are uh, some of the titles that you really want to recommend? I was going to recommend Mulholland Drive, of course, David Lynch's masterpiece, but it comes and goes on the channel. Some people joke about that fact that <laughs> that movie will stay around a couple of months and then disappear and come back. So I, I have to just say that uh, I assume that Everyone listening has already seen it, so why recommend it? Everybody knows it. Everybody knows how great it is. So um, I want to recommend the bundle, not not necessarily the films, but the introductions that Josh and uh, Benny Safdie have done for their movie goings and uh, adventures and movie going series. Mm. I just found it delightful. That was one of the first things I watched at the beginning of the month, and I watched through all of their introductions plus the long interview they did that they did with Peter Becker. And you really get a lot of insight into them, you know, as filmmakers, also as brothers and how they work. And so uh, just, you know, take a half hour and just watch that that introduction, just that interview with them. And that's just amazing. You know, I have to double what what Brad said about Celine and Julie go boating. I just that's the one film I've been wanting to see. It's in the uh, Sight and Sound 250. It's one of the few that I've not seen because I've never known that there'd be a, a good quality uh, release of it in the U.S. Mm. I know that there was a Blu-ray, a Blu-ray a few years ago from the BFI. And I, I assume this is the restored version, of course. I haven't even looked at it yet. I know it, it came on the channel on the first of the month. So it's there. But it's so daunting, of course. You know, you've got that long length. But it, it is one I will see and one, one I've been looking forward to seeing in a long, for a long time. That's great. That's really great. Yeah. If anyone hasn't uh, checked out the, the documentaries of Louis Mal, I think those are something special. That you know, most people know Louis Mal from, you know, Elevator to the Gallows, and maybe you know, My Dinner with Andre and Vanya on Forty Second Street, which are all films that I love. I, I think that his career is so unique and so varied. But uh, when I dug into his documentaries, that was such a 
an intriguing window into his his filmmaking process that I hadn't had a chance to see yet. And so uh, that's one that I would just highly recommend people check out and catch if they haven't had a chance to catch the Eclipse box set, uh, if they haven't had a chance to see it yet. Um, so this is one that I think is pretty incredible, and I'm glad that uh, Criterion Channel is uh, highlighting that this month. And for me, I am so excited about the Tell Me Women Filmmakers, Women Stories uh, bundle. This is really incredible. I love all of the supplemental stuff that they've produced alongside it, the panel conversation. And I mean, this is, this to me is one of the, the most exciting things about what the Criterion Channel does mm -hmm. is this curation of pulling together films around a common theme and then giving us context around it. I mean, this is, this is what they do so well in physical media now translated to this digital space. And it's almost like we're getting a, a mini film festival here uh, this month on the channel. And uh, I just, I cannot express how, how grateful I am to the, the work that they're doing in curating this. Totally agree. I know I spoke last month about how, I think in February or March, there's only about two or three titles that were from women directors. And my goodness, have they made up for that this month? Yes. I mean, I yes. mean, more than a third of the films this month are from female directors, you know, not not only in this bundle, but you've got Diane Curry's and Nicole Holofcener and Eliza Hidman. Yeah. Who is yeah. really, I mean, she seems to be the director of the day this well this year yeah. because her film, her new film is uh, the most highly uh best reviewed film of the year so far in yeah. this kind of shortened theatrical experience we're having this year but yeah. uh that's that's uh i'm looking forward to seeing her early films as well yeah yeah so you know as i like to say criterion giveth and criterion taketh away <laughs> so we are losing uh quite a few films uh you know, this isn't quite as bad as some of the months, but we're losing some big ones, though, as well. And we are kicking things off uh, with uh, Andrea Arnold's Wuthering Heights. We'll be losing Marin Ade's The Forest for the Trees and Everyone Else. We'll be losing Hell's House and A Human Bondage from the starring Betty Davis bundle. I think this is the last two titles from that bundle. We'll be losing Malve Song and Els from the starring Juliette Binoche bundle. It looks like we're losing most of the titles from the Scores by Quincy Jones bundle with The Italian Job, The Slender Thread, They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, In Cold Blood, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, Dollar Sign, A Dandy and Aspic, Cactus Flower, McKenna's Gold, The Anderson Tapes, The Deadly Affair, The Out of Towners, and The Pawn Broker. We'll be losing separate tables from the starring Wendy Hiller bundle. Mississippi Mermaid from the starring Catherine Deneuve bundle. Ghost World and Art World Confidential from the directed by Terry Zweigoff bundle. We'll be losing the titles from the directed by Kelly Reichardt bundle, including River of Grass, Wendy and Lucy, and Meek's Cutoff. We'll be losing the directed by Peter Bogdanovich bundle with Targets, Paper Moon, and The Last Picture Show. Looks like we'll be losing most of the Rita Hayworth bundle with Pal Joey. You Were Never Lovelier, You'll Never Get Rich, Only Angels Have Wings, The Lady from Shanghai, Gilda, Cover Girl, Angels Over Broadway, Salome, and The Strawberry Blonde. We'll be losing Murder by Contract from the Columbia Noir bundle. We'll be losing Tomboy from the directed by Celine Siama bundle. 
we'll be losing the juniper tree and all of the associated shorts from that title. We'll be losing Criterion editions of Rafifi, The Trilogy of Life, The French Lieutenant's Woman, Failsafe, Three Tin to Yuma, Safe, On the Waterfront, and Repulsion. There are a lot of stray films that were either part of Saturday matinees or double features that are now kind of on their own. Uh, we'll be losing Un Flic, Scarlet Street, Murder on the Orient Express, Kill the Umpire, Orlando, His Girl Friday, The Passenger, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Fly Away Home, Dr. Strangelove, and Anna Christie. So, you know, it's again, it's not as bad as some of other months, but it still is uh, quite a few films that we're losing here today. Uh, or this month, not today. We don't have to worry about watching them all on the <laughs> 9th of May. But, uh, but Brad, what are some of the films that you uh, think people need to check out before they leave this month? For me, a big discovery that I loved was Sally Potter's Orlando, starring um, Tilda Swinton. And it's an adaptation of, is it Emily Dickinson's novel? Ooh, I can't remember. Virginia Woolf. Virginia, Virginia Woolf. Thank you. <laughs> um, and man, Sally Potter has really got an eye. And this film is gorgeous. And in the tradition of, you know, films of Ken Russell and Peter Greenway, just making lavish British European uh, castles and estates and gardens and everything just look absolutely fantastic. And it's 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 a film that plays so much different. I think now, so as Orlando is a character who, for the first, who doesn't age. Um, Queen Elizabeth the first, played by Quentin Crispin Drag tells uh, Orlando that Orlando was not allowed to age. And so from the end of that end of Queen Elizabeth's life to essentially now, um, Orlando doesn't. And halfway through Orlando's life, Orlando switches from male to female. And the film is constantly playing with like what is real and what isn't. Like Orlando doesn't have a lot of motivation, but we are privy to Orlando's sort of like inner thoughts. And it's the way the film examines gender, I just think is really fascinating. And uh, Tilda Swinton just gives a, a, a like one of the greatest, I think, performances. And it's so subtly done too. Like you could really go over top of uh, with it, and and uh, Tilda doesn't. So I super highly recommend everyone to to check that film out before mm -hmm. it leaves. Um, it would be great if we had uh, if that entered the collection. It just needs a home. It just needs to be uh, put a spotlight on it again in uh, in 2020. The other film that I wanted to highlight was um, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, which was, I had never seen or heard of before. I know um, uh, an unmarried woman is coming to the collection, and that's um, Paul Mazorski. Is that his last mm -hmm. name? Yeah. Um, sort of premiere into the collection. Um, but this is a great revelation for me, a film from the 70s that really honestly deals with such kind of modern ideas as open relationships and um, the differences between sex and friendship and, you know, all those, how they overlap or don't overlap or how they can go together harmoniously or how they cause friction. 
And it just seems like a film that like would be made now, but here it is in the seventies. And and I, when I see films like this, I'm always fascinated because, like, what happened between the seventies and now? Where, well, I mean, like, you know, the eighties happened clearly, but <laughs> but all of this progressiveness, these open ideas, are not anything you know when I was growing up that were sort of in culture, right? Like, you know, marriage is you know two people and that kind of stuff. And I mean, especially as sort of a gay man, you know, that kind of progressiveness uh, and forward thinking about what the possibilities of relationships are would have been nice when I was growing up, but we weren't there. But th- this film, which uh, takes place in LA and, and primarily inside people's houses and in, in, you know, their living rooms and bedrooms, having conversations is remarkable because it's so well shot. He's always, Mazorsky's always changing his frames and his setups uh, so that you can visually see the dynamics between these characters just by their relationships in in the camera and with each other, which is very hard to do. It, you know, it's very easy for films like this to feel like, you know, filmed plays kind of thing with just a camera sort of sit, sits there and everybody just talks to each other. Um, but he doesn't. He This guy, he knows his stuff. So I highly recommend Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice to have that right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Michael, what are your recommendations or things that you're excited to catch? I have seen all of them, but I, I want to recommend especially the, the bundle by Peter Bogdanovich. I know uh, that as a personality, some people can take him or leave him, but he can make movies. And he made a trio of movies back in the le- uh, late 60s and early 70s, uh, which are you know just pure masterpieces. And that's uh, starting with Targets. And then, uh, of course, the last picture show, and then ending with Paper Moon. So, if if no one's seen them, they need to. You just you just get uh, the idea of uh, of him and his actually his tributes to the earlier filmmakers who who influenced him. People like Howard Hawks, you can see that in, in like Paper Moon, and then John Ford in the Last Picture Show, and the, uh, other influences like Hitchcock as well. But I I do recommend that. Also leaving this month, you've got Terry Gilliam's The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, mm-hmm. which I know is I know some people uh, just don't put that up there with the best of his films, but uh, I remember seeing those this people are the, wrong. Yes, <laughs> I saw the I saw this in the theater when it came out. Of course, I I had seen Brazil and uh, earlier works by Gilliam, and of course his Monty Python work. But uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen is just a fun film, you know. You know, for for kids of any age, you know, from six to sixty-five, you know, but it's it's one of those things where he just he just lets his imagination flow, and I think a lot of people thinks he goes overboard, but you know, heck, you know, somebody give him some money and make a make a some make some more films. That's that's what I loved about him that you actually could see his imagination actually right there on the screen, and very few filmmakers are able to do that, and and it's a, and it's a shame that a film like The Adventures of Baron Munchausen just just aren't made made these days, especially yeah. for young children. It seems like they they they're going to depend on uh, more uh, animated films, I guess, for younger people. But this this would be a perfect film for a ten year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the Adventures of Barry Munchausen. I think that's so much fun. It's it's one of the more delightful films that mm-hmm. uh, Gilliam made. Yeah, I think that's great. 
Well, I am going to be a bit of a broken record and continue to uh, highlight and recommend the Kelly Reichardt films. I know these are mm-hmm. ones that have come and gone uh, from the collection or from the channel a bit. Criterion really has a good relationship with the oscilloscope, so that's great. Watching these during the the waning days of Filmstruck just reinforced to me how incredible a filmmaker Reichardt is. And uh, Wendy and Lucy and Meek's Cutoff especially are just masterful films. And if you have not had a chance to see those two films, I... I just think that these are ones that uh, everyone needs to to watch and just uh, give yourself over to her rhythms and uh, what she is doing there. I think she is uh, just one of our great contemporary filmmakers. She's a big blind spot for me, so I'm going to try and check them out before they leave. Yeah, I just think I think those two in particular are are great. I I like River of Grass and I like uh, the other films, the two that are in the collection as well. I think Certain Women is great, but uh, I think that Wendy and Lucy and um, Meek's Cutoff especially are just phenomenal. I am really excited to catch the Mara and Ade films. I've been sleeping on those since they appeared on the channel a few months ago and uh, it's time to dive in and uh and watch those um so i will probably try to try to get to those before they leave this month she's a filmmaker that i am really curious to to see more of her work so Mm -hmm. those are ones that i'm interested in well uh you know those are those are the channel's new and expiring titles there's there's a lot here and normally i would do polls but uh with my work schedule i didn't get a chance to post polls in our Criterion Channel Club Facebook group. So uh, when this episode goes up in the group, I would love to hear from uh, those of you in the community. What are the things that you are excited to see? What are the things that you think people should catch before they leave? I think that'd be great. Before we check out today, before we wrap things up, I'm just curious, what are you watching on other streaming services? What are things that you would like to recommend or think people should check out? Uh, We're all uh, in various states of uh, at-home orders, uh, and uh, I know some states are and some regions are opening up a little bit, but we're still you know, kind of being cautious about that. So, you know, we're, we're watching a lot of films at home. So what are you streaming right now? And and what are things that you might recommend? Brad, is there anything that you'd recommend from another streaming service? Yeah. Um, since I have been, uh, you know, quarantined or at home or whatever you want to call it, um, I see what better, better thing to do than sort of tackle these like giant epics that, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that are very, very long. Um, so I have just two real quick ones. Uh, Grasshopper Films have released Le Fleur, which actually came out last year mm-hmm. um, to uh, stream. It's a video on demand, so you can rent it. And it is 14 hours long, the Argentinian film of Miguel Lamas. I, I don't know if I have that right. I don't have it in front of me, the filmmaker. But um, it's it's delightful. His m- mm-hmm. massive uh, multi he divides them to say six films um and it's a huge examination of genre and what how genre satisfies us and how genre doesn't satisfy us and he pulls it all apart in this great big experiment um so I highly recommend that and you can rent it off of grasshopper films website and the other one is um satan tango which is 
uh, Bellatar's infamous seven-hour film from the 90s, which Arbalis uh, recently restored. And um, because of, you know, the COVID-19, it didn't have a theatrical release, so they've uh, put it up for rental on um, their Vimeo account. Um, so it's it's quite the long film. There is a scene of animal cruelty, so there must uh, I must recommend it with a warning. But it's it's uh, if you, it's definitely worth your time. So uh, yeah, th- those two are what I've been what I've been watching. That's awesome, Michael. Anything that you'd like to recommend that you've been watching that might be on other st- streaming services? Sure. Uh, first, I like to. Uh, to double the recommendation for LaFleur. That it's an extraordinary work and, and you should see it. Yeah. That uh the second part just blew me away. And that was just uh in itself could could have been a, a self-contained film. But but going from the sublime to the ridiculous, I'm gonna recommend something more lighthearted because, you know, sometimes we need a little laugh now and then. So the first thing I want to recommend is the uh, British television series Miranda from Miranda mm. Hart. Some of you may recognize her. She's had bit parts in some films. She was in the film with Melissa McCarthy called Spy. She was like the British agent who kind of was her sidekick, but a uh, delightful actress. You know, she, she's just extraordinary in this role. The series is very short. Of course, like most British series, uh, it's only like three seasons and I think five episodes in each season. A lot of slapstick comedy, a lot of mugs and, uh, you know, just direct direct confrontation, you know, breaking mm. up the fourth wall to, to the audience. In fact, I, I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge must have saw this series back in 2009 or 10 because so much of what I see in Fleabag seems like I, uh, I recognize it in, in this series. And beyond that, after that, if you've seen that, then you need to get some little musical culture in there. Go to Broadway.com's channel on YouTube and watch the concert that was presented two weeks ago and is available now, almost three hours, called Take Me to the World, a 90th birthday celebration for Stephen Sondheim. I just, you know, I I laughed and I smiled and I cried throughout the whole thing. So, mm. you know, it runs the gamut of emotions, you know, seeing, seeing uh, or hearing performances from, you know, some of the Sondheim staples like Bernadette Peters and Patti LuPone, uh, Mandy Patinkin and Audra McDonald. And then, uh, you know, actresses like Meryl Streep and uh, Christine Baranski. But it's it's just uh, just wonderful to watch, you know, and, and it's for a good cause, too. And so I highly recommend that, you know, anyone who's into musical theater or or just just loves great wordplay, lyrics, music and just uh, great performances. That's really great. Go watch That's- it. That's really cool. And thanks for the continued recommendation for LaFleur. Um, so as I've been mentioning on the, the intros to the podcast lately, I've been trying to uh, plan a online film festival for myself uh, since the Seattle International Film Festival was canceled. And uh, LaFleur is one that I'm going to program to watch over three nights. And uh, I am very excited to watch that. I think that will be a lot of fun. And uh, the thing that, that has struck me as I've been trying to plan this is that Canopy is such a great resource for those of us in the United States that have access to it with their library. Uh, one of the things that I've been trying to do in this is really seek out films by female filmmakers. And there's a really great site called Telescope Film that is a 
kind of like a, a, a hub or a directory of independent and art house film, a little like the, the internet movie database. Um, it was started by some festival programmers as a way to help connect people up with um, different world cinema offerings. And uh, it's, it's got a pretty decent user interface and uh, it was a really, really great way for, for me to start planning the, the festival and uh, it was a, a good way to browse films that I might not have known about otherwise and help me find some films that I just would never have, wouldn't have been on my radar. And uh, many of them were streaming on Canopy and many of the films that were directed by female filmmakers were on Canopy. And I wish that uh, I had more credits through my library to, to watch uh, more films through their, through the service. But yeah, the Canopy, if you have access to it is just this incredibly rich resource and um yeah i'm i'm excited to continue to dive into it especially for contemporary world cinema there's just uh there's a lot out there and a lot of a lot of films that maybe never got the the reach and never got the the notoriety that a lot of our bigger films did and so uh, i'm excited to start to dig into some of these uh, more obscure corners i would second that recommendation if my county actually subscribe to Canopy, but, but they know. don't. I know. So I, I, I have to just sit back and uh, just admire other persons as they, yeah. as they, they talk about it, especially yes. the films. Uh, there's there's certain films uh, out there that you know I want to see, but they're only available on Canopy. It's almost yeah. like they're exclusive to that service and no other streaming service. So, yeah. Yeah. Good for the Canopy. Frederick Wiseman films, oh, yes, especially. especially. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, Thank you both so much for joining me today. I think this has been uh, a lot of fun. It's been a nice, relaxed conversation. This, to me, is a good uh, break from the work. And it's also a good... This is going to be a nice, uh, light episode to edit, too. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, yeah thanks well, for having us. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for, for joining. This has been great. Where can people find you? Brad, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me uh, on the Facebook groups, uh, your Facebook group, also Criterion Now and uh, sorry, also Criterion Now and Criterion Considered. Um, you can find me uh, in my reviews on Letterboxd at at Mr. Brad McDee. Um, and I'm trying to keep up with what I've been watching and writing re reviews for them. Um, sometimes, you know, it's a bit much like because I'm watching a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. Awesome. Michael, where can people find you? I am in the Criterion Now Facebook group. I post there a lot. Also in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group. And you can find me in my list and my uh, recommendations on Letterboxd at Michael Hutchins. Great. Well, thank you again. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Josh. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at CriterionCast.com and our website, CinemaCocktail.com. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at CriterionChannelSurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. 
Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of high-quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com and support the work of CriterionCast at Patreon.com slash CriterionCast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener-supported, so please consider donating to the show at Patreon.com slash Josh Hornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guests and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon bonus episode. I'd like to continue to thank all of our current Patreon supporters. It really does mean so much that you continue to support the show. Thank you for all that you do. On our next episode of Criterion Channel Surfing, my guest and I will sit down to discuss June's new and expiring titles. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.